the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into our third hour. No one better to do it with than the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus representing Arizona's 5th Congressional District, Andy Biggs. Congressman Biggs, how are you, sir? Fantastic. How are you, Seth? Well, I bring you good news. You said I was cynical last time. Uh, we talked. You said I had a cynical view of politics, which I'll take. It's okay. You're you're the chairman, but I do bring you good news. Um, there's now evidently an exception for the mask mandate. If I heard um, Jen Psaki, the new press secretary, right, she was asked why Joe Biden wasn't wearing one on federal property at the Lincoln Memorial, and her answer was, and I quote directly, "He was celebrating a historic day." So we now have um, uh, certain exceptions to these mask mandates. Um, I, I guess if you can say that you're celebrating something important and historic to you, perhaps going to a supermarket is something to celebrate. We, we now know that the, these, these rules have a lot of exceptions to them. Well, they do, uh, mostly for the left. But, you know, yesterday was National Popcorn Day. And um, <laughs> I think... <laughs> You know, why not? Why not celebrate that without wearing a mask? Andy, we we laugh a little bit because we have to, <laughs> but we did on day one of the Biden administration get an unfurling of a fairly strong and serious agenda that we're going to have to grapple with, didn't we? We sure did. Everything from attacking America's energy independence to uh, taking us back into multilateral institutions that don't look out for the United States, which actually have just been found to have lying and admitted that they've been lying and having problems, to basically legitimizing uh, taking U.S. taxpayer dollars to fund abortions in foreign nations, to uh, 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 the immigration and border security uh, issuing, the unraveling of uh, uh, the no-fly uh, list that we had for certain terror-watched nations. You know, the media keeps reporting as mo- a majority Muslim nations. Like Venezuela? No, these were, yeah, these were terror-watched nations that yeah. the Obama administration had created. Isn't Venezuela so, on the list? Of course they it were, is. Yeah. Yes, of course it is. Yeah. This is not a Muslim-majority or, uh, country. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. Right. So, so there's a whole... Uh, uh, Passel of things done in 17 executive orders in 24 hours, and uh, not to mention uh, the the mask mandate that on federal property, unless uh, it's, there's a historical event you are celebrating. There is this calendar of events that there's all these holidays, like you pointed out yesterday was National Popcorn Day. Every day has one or two of these things. You can find these calendars yeah. online, so we might be able to get out of it. Uh, well, I. I guess I'm not on federal. But you're you're more on federal property than I am. So you may maybe it's better <laughs> advice for you than for me. But Andy, um, I got a lot of calls today on that. I got a lot of, uh, on everything you mentioned. Um, the pipeline thing seems to be a very odd one. It it doesn't seem to have any great effect 
to it that will benefit anyone except put a lot of people out of work, over 10,000 Americans, and upset the Canadians, which, you know, that should not be our first concern, but it certainly is contradictory to the notion of reestablishing old alliances. So the, the pipeline one was – I also thought that the, 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 the transgender thing was odd and, um, and, and, and I got to tell you, if that's just day one, we have a long road in front of us. The callers I had today were saying, are these stoppable? And, you know, the only answer I know is, is through the courts, really, right? Right. Um, they're not stoppable because um, the U.S. system of government is majoritarian rule, and, and we people who would be inclined to stop these in both the House and Senate can't stop. Right. So that means that, that you involve litigation. And, and I mentioned this the other day, somebody I was talking to, I said, look, when Trump came in and he issued a certain number of executive orders, even though most of them were held to be legitimate within his authority under the Constitution to do so, they uh, everyone was challenged. They were challenged by well-funded left-wing yeah. uh, uh, interest groups, special interest groups. Right. On the right side, we have interest groups, but not nearly as well-funded and not nearly as capable of being as aggressive on every one of these policies. And so I don't know if we're going to see that happen, but that would be uh, an ideal situation to try to pick off some of these executive orders. Andy, here's what worries me about some of our organizations. You're talking about C3s, 501C3s generally. A story came to me today about a a man who – who sits on one of the more prominent C3s. I, I'm not at liberty to disclose it, but you'd certainly know what it is. It's something akin to the Heritage Foundation or the Claremont Institute. Not those, but like that. And, mm-hmm. and he's on their board. So, you know, he's a big donor and on their board. And he serves on another board uh, that's completely apolitical. Uh, and he was asked to resign from that apolitical board because he was a member of a board that backed Donald Trump or supported Donald Trump's presidency. I'm worried about these purges in the private sector, sort of, that may further even vitiate the ability for our organizations to wage the kind of legal and political campaigns we need to wage. Does this concern you? I I think we're going to hear more of this. You know, I'm very, very concerned. Um, And and you and I were talking about this, and I really do believe this is akin to uh, the consolidation of power of early early 1930s um, totalitarian regimes. Because what you're seeing is, is, um, if if you go back and study the Soviet Union, for instance, and you you see what was happening on the inside, this is the type of thing that actually was happening uh, post-Bolshevik Revolution, probably probably late 20s, early 30s, where they were going through and they were were basically uh, booting people up and out um, uh, in their second, what I would call their second or third wave of, mm-hmm. of, of purging that was mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing this now, and it's, it's an amazingly, uh, they're moving with alacrity to mm-hmm. to uh, basically stifle any dissent. Uh, they, they want, they're talking, they've been talking for months now of creating lists of people who supported right. Donald Trump or right. worked with Donald Trump. Right. And why, why would you have those lists? That's what's done in a totalitarian regime in order to threaten and also to punish uh, the dissent. And man, that's not America. America is built on this notion of a plurality of ideas and opinions, and you get to 
um, uh, the, the one that satisfies the majority of the people without offending the rights of the minority, right. and that's the way we go. And I'm very, very concerned about this. It, it is the way we have gone. We are now governed by a youth in social media and in other places that, you know, determine what we can read, see, and in some cases think, that have been in uh, drenched, have been drenched in the notion that conservatism, conservative philosophy, the way you and I think and talk, is not part of a respectable or acceptable portion of the um, of the rhetoric uh, of democracy, of, of democratic rhetoric. And so with alacrity, they don't think twice about banning and censoring. And we used to think that was just a college kind of thing. It's actually now entered into the adult world, the real world, the publishing world, the printing world, the newspaper world, the journalist world. In McCarthyism, in the days of McCarthy, it was pointed out, interestingly enough, the strongest opponents of it, the biggest defenders of free speech were what? Hollywood, universities, <laughs> academia, right? right? We don't right. Ha- they're on their side now. It's, it's, a, it's a tough rock and a hard place to be in. It, it really is, and um, the, if you think back on how this has developed, uh, they have they've managed to. They, 1984, Orwell was a genius. Uh, Huxley right. was a genius right. with Brave New World because yeah. they both are talking about these dystopian yeah. societies, and we're moving into that. Because think, just think about this: the the rhetoric I'm hearing about anybody who supported Donald right. Trump or or um, is a Repu- is a Republican now. Just being a Republican, you are a white nationalist yep. white supremacist yeah, yeah. and and the reality is there is no there's no the republican party is the one that that carried the civil rights uh the uh, act of uh the early 60s yep, to its completion sure. we're the ones that uh, opposed jim crow laws yep. we're the ones that uh, anti-lynching laws you bet the whole the whole, the whole gamut those yeah. were all driven all driven by republicans yep. including uh donald trump's a mantra that 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 everybody does better if we can get him a job, and and we get him a job by by having a better economy, fewer, uh, and and what happened? More more blacks, more minorities got into the workforce. Their lives were improving. That is not some somebody who is is who is trying to de- delineate according to race. But the other side projects everything that they are. Yep. And so they when sure they do. say that they we're white supremacists or we're we're some kind of uh, racist. They are those races. We welcome everybody from every part, uh, every demographic group into our party to, because we believe in egal- the egalitarian notion that we're all created equal. Yeah. We're all created, we're imbued from God with, with, uh, with rights and, and that we can each fulfill the full measure of our creation if we're given the opportunity to make choices that freedom allows. That's And the, accept the responsibility and accountability. That's what Republicans stand for. And the other side, they're, they're just uh, – the reason that they don't laugh on their side is because they're dour, sour people. Yeah, which, which goes along with the totalitarian personality. Well, we can talk about that more next time you visit with us. In the meantime, stay busy, Andy. We need you busier than ever before. Will do. Thank Thanks you, sir. so much. Sir. God bless you. Appreciate Always great checking in. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602 Jeff is in Mesa. Hi, Jeff. 
Hi, Seth. Um, happy post-election day. You too, sir. Thank you. <laughs> um, I had something funny I wanted to say about, well, I wanted to compare who I think Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, uh, the individuals that most remind me of those two. But first, I just wanted to say, you know, I think Joe Biden, I agree with your earlier guest about uh, the um, free speech and how there, there's a double standard there. Um, I think um, he is going to try to outlaw as much free speech as he can, and especially for our side. Um, but about the other thing I wanted to mention, I, it's my opinion. This is my opinion. I'm not um, trying to, you know, um, tell anybody it's fact, but I think Joe Biden and a number of these Democrats, some of them are, uh, high-functioning psychopaths, or at the very least, sociopaths. And that's why they have this uh, insane need to control other people. Conservatives are more live and let live. Uh, you know, I'm very conservative. But I, I would honestly say that Joe Biden is a high-functioning so- sociopath at the very least. And um, how could you have 25, how could you smoothly and calmly say we need 25 million more migrants uh, that c- many of which could be criminals, um, you know, drug. You know what's interesting about it, Jeff? You know what's interesting about it? Jen Mm -hmm. Psaki in her press statement today said Joe Biden's uh, opening of immigration is part of their equity project. That was what she said, part of their equity project. And then she went on to say everything we are doing is about equity. And indeed, if you read their coronavirus uh, platform, their coronavirus report today, it opens with talking about equity, which tells me something kind of interesting. Um, It's a shift. Most um, it's a big shift when you think about the migrants or immigrants coming from uh, Central America as they are. If that's where you want to put the focus on equity, um, I will tell you this, as a matter of crude political calculation, the Republican Party, if it handles this correctly and smartly, is primed to do even better with the African-American community, even better, um, if, if you can follow my, my, my reasoning and thinking here. If the Biden administration's view of equity – is to be kinder and gentler and more welcoming to migrants from Central America, if that's their view of equity, um, it tells me, it tells the world, it tells the minority uh, populations extant in America today that you're all good. You're not our concern right now. Our concern are people from other nations. And I imagine that civil rights organizations or civil rights groups in um, other traditional minority communities, be they African-American or even Hispanic-American already extant here, they may have something to say about that. That may not be their view of equity. That may not be their view of the kind of rights they thought they were fighting for by electing Joe Biden. If equity is focused on people from other countries coming here, Does that mean we're all fine with what's going on here right now? That's the signal it's sending. I think he he wants to bring in as many migrants as possible to collapse the system so they can have more more control. 
Because Maybe. I mean, your point about an authoritarian personality, if, the, if that's the phrase you were looking for, it's the one that popped in my mind when you were talking about it. We've discussed certainly a lot of that, and we've seen a lot of it during you know, the coronavirus and, 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 and certain lockdown shutdown um, uh, 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 plans and, um, and, and edicts by various governors and mayors and elsewhere. We, we've seen that, and, and we may be seeing more of it yet still. Um, you, 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 you have seen an exercise of power in relationship to this virus that exceeds all reason and rationale. It doesn't follow the science. Schools don't follow the science. Gyms don't follow the science. Masking outdoors doesn't follow the science. Masking the way he talks about it doesn't follow the science. Taking your mask off to sneeze doesn't follow the science. Wearing two masks doesn't follow the science. Wearing a mask only when you're not celebrating a historical moment doesn't follow the science. There's a lot that doesn't follow the science here that they're getting away with only through the exercise of sheer and raw authoritarian power that they think they can exercise. What bothers me, Jeff, and I think what we have to be particularly cognizant of um, particularly paying attention to going forward as people who care about politics, our regime, and our freedom, is that there are an awful lot of people, inexplicable numbers of people that seem to be willing to go along with it and take it and, and, and agree with it. Um, it's, it's, it's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing uh, uh, surrender. That's what I want to say. It's an amazing surrender of the ethic of, of, of common sense, rationality, and freedom to the notion of we will do anything you say in the name of science. Few things could be more authoritarian than that, and I worry about authoritarian leaders. I worry more about a population willing to submit to it. I worry more about that, and I'm going to guess it's this widespread. I'm going to guess it's this widespread. You and I may have a strong opinion on this thing. We may even have the same opinion on this thing. Um, I think Bill and I, my producer, for example, let's use Bill. Bill and I have a strong opinion on these kinds of um, uh, dictates, don't we, Bill? I, we're, we're pretty close in alignment on it. And yet, and yet, this I don't know, I'm asking you, Bill, it is true in our lives, as I bet it is in your life, Jeff, that we know people who disagree vehemently with us and are willing to surrender and bow to whatever anyone in the name of science says is necessary to do to stay safe. Right, Bill? Isn't that true of you? Have family members yeah. who are adequately scared, yeah. as they're told to be. Yeah, right, right. So as, 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 as um, I guess the point I'm trying to make is we may have a leadership problem. We may have a bigger citizenship problem. That's my concern. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I am Seth. Uh, full bank of calls here. Where am I going to next? Jim in Tempe. Hi, Jim. Hi, Seth. Hey, you know, uh, sidebar, Herb Alpert's cool. Good. I like your uh, bumper music. Thank you. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, I, no, no one has said. No one has said the sentence in thirty-five years. Herb Alpert is cool. <laughs> Maybe well, even longer. Not, he, so you, you you're, you're a first here, Jim. It's a first. Well, you know, well, good. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
they, uh, when Andy Biggs was on and he said, you know, these, the Democrats, they're, they're so well funded, you know, how they're, you know, they went after Trump's uh, every executive order. Why, how come, what, what, do conservatives or Republicans or whatever you want to call us, do we not donate enough to I don't these know. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you what I think, <clears throat> and I can do some research on it. Um, I mean, the fundraising when it comes to the elections were there as much as they are. In fact, I think Hillary outspent Trump four years ago, but Trump outspent Biden a little bit this time around. So at the political spending levels were there. As far as the 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 legal um, and civil rights types organizations, the Dems have so many more than we do. I don't think we have as many as they do. And I don't I, – I know an expert or two in this field. I'm going to check into that. I'm going to find out what that problem is. Why is it we have so fewer or if we're underfunding that which we have? I'm not a big fan of having more necessarily. I just want to have a few or a handful of good ones that are as funded as they need to be. Right. I, I actually resent a little bit seeing new organizations pop up all the time when the old ones would do just fine if they had the proper funding. You know what I mean? Right. Or, you know, or they get enough uh, exposure. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you learn if you, by, but by now you think a lot, well, I learned a lot just, you know, listening. I'm sure everybody else does too, all these different organizations and people you have on. They're great places to go learn more. Yeah. And, you know, you can donate to them and yeah. stuff like that, too. Yeah. But, There's you know. a lot of appeals out there for organizations. And then, you know, you get a new website or a new organization wants to found itself. And I kind of I kind of wish we didn't inundate ourselves that way. <clears throat> but um, because I do think it dilutes across the board. But they don't have they don't have a shortage. Part of it is this on the other side. You know what part of it is, Jim? I know part of it is that just the very field of law itself is a progressive enterprise. Um, so you're going to have a glut of lawyers who can easily work for or volunteer for liberal left causes. You're going to have a shortage, comparative shortage of conservative lawyers who can do the same. So we have what do we have? We have the Federalist Society, uh, American Center for Law and Justice, uh, one or two other organizations, uh, uh, but but they have a whole lot of them, and they have a whole lot of lawyers they can call on, a whole lot. Uh, we don't. We just don't have those numbers. The ABA is a very liberal organization. Uh, the law schools are extremely drenched in leftism and progressive and progressivism, not even liberalism. The law school I went to didn't even have a Federalist Society. I had to found it. Uh, so a lot of them don't even have the one organization that we do have on campuses. But they have – for every Federalist Society on a law school, there's probably 35 liberal organizations. Well, well I guess they want – they want stuff. They like people. Their, I guess, their side. They like giving away free stuff, and other people like getting it. So I guess I, that I think that's part of it. But I also, th I think that's part of it. But I also think, you know, in the '60s, organizations that came out of Ralph Nader's movement and organizations that came out of um, uh, the Alinsky kind of stuff, they realized that the law was where you could go to change what you didn't like at the ballot box. And, you know, that's why we ended up with a jurisprudence 
from the 70s forward that created a whole new set of rights we had never heard of. And you've got all these, you know, new advocacy organizations and areas of advocacy law that stemmed out of uh, these progressive movements. We only got caught up. When did the Federalist Society even get founded? Maybe 1979, 1980. They had a 30-year head start on us um, because they knew the law, the courts, the justices, the judges. That was where to get what they wanted, where they couldn't get it at the ballot box. That's the problem we've been facing and trying to play catch up with. Probably that more than anything else. But I'll look into it more. Good call. I'll tell you what I think is simply the best balance of nature. I do love it. I really do. I have no problem telling you how much either. All organic fruits and vegetables picked at the peak of ripeness, locked into their vegetarian capsules using their unique cold press process. Three greens, three reds every morning, and you are good to go with tens of thousands of vital nutrients. I take it every single day. It's my favorite product. It really is. And they have a great deal offering free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies. The preferred orders are great because you get guaranteed wholesale pricing. You can even get a free health health coach if you want them. Give them a call at 800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. You want to support uh, conservative talk and freedom of speech, support our sponsors uh, who make it possible. Balance of Nature is one of them. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE at balanceofnature.com. I sometimes wonder why my producer, Bill, gets up out of his chair and runs back and forth to other offices. And I, he does things I can't do. He's doing reports and data and technological stuff that comes up. And so I don't ask, mostly because I wouldn't understand it. Uh, and he doesn't need to explain it to me. We just need to know that if I talk in the microphone, it gets out over the airwaves. And out of curiosity, once in a while, I, just out of curiosity, I will pause. He was running back at breakneck speed to his, to his command center here with pieces of pa- two, two sheets of paper he had grabbed from his, I guess, backpack in the other room, the other studio. And I, I just wanted to see what it is that has him... So energized, running at breakneck speed in the, between these breaks, making me all nervous. All I'm going to do, because I don't understand this, I don't do math. I'm just going to read the title of this printout, two-page printout, so you get an idea of what I'm dealing with here. Men's Royal Rumble Winner Betting Odds. That's, 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 that's what all the urgency and exigency was all about. That's what all the running back and forth to go get was to get and i don't know how many columns are one two three four five six daniel bryan keith lee brock lesnar drew mcintyre big e the rock edge shima nakamura i bill you are a curious man that's all i'm gonna say and we love you and we it was my you. understanding that there would be no math demetrius is in phoenix hi demetrius ah uh, thank you for having me you bet I'm calling because uh, now with this with our new this new administration and our new president, I'm very concerned about um, our relationship with Israel and other uh, countries in the Middle East. 
uh, how our policies that were so uh, so rock solid under uh, President Trump will begin to erode away with uh, this new administration. So uh, I'm not feeling very good about that. There's a lot not to feel good about, um, and and we haven't focused at all on the foreign policy aspects yet, really, have we, Demetrius? <coughs> Excuse me. What I said in my monologue, was it today or yesterday? I don't remember. But what I said in my monologue, either today or yesterday, I think it might have been today, was that, you know, what we labor under as conservatives is a situation where – Merely being Barack Obama in your first year of office gets you a Nobel Peace Prize, though you will go on to create a 500,000-person refugee crisis in Syria, though you will go on to spur a coup in Egypt, though you will go on to start a war and um, regime replacement in Libya. Contrast that to a president who forges peace between Israel, the Sudan, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and Morocco, who will never be put in the same paragraph of the Nobel Peace Prize. We live under that kind of problem. Now, that's a political problem. The problem you're talking about is much bigger because it's actually about human lives. The policies actually matter. It's about life and death for a lot of people, and we don't tend to think about it in those terms. But that's what these peace deals are about. That is the point of a peace deal as, a point, as opposed to a war or, you know, regime replacement or the starting of a coup or, you know, the crushing of a dissident movement in Iran, which Obama and Biden were also part and parcel of encouraging the crushing of that dissident movement, which I don't know if it can exist again anytime soon. I worry greatly about the Middle East. The people here in this administration, particularly Wendy Sherman, uh, bring, being brought back into this administration, um, forging deals with with uh, uh, malocracies that uh, think that the, the right way to treat dissidents is to hang them and the dissident can be political or sexual and sexual dissidency is just being – homosexual, by the way, um, the, the idea that we have to kowtow, pay money to and engage in accommodations and appeasements of these regimes bodes very ill for any notion of human rights I've under, under, ever understood, Demetrius. Truly, it is very worrisome. Well, the thing, the thing that thing, uh, as uh, I have family in Israel and uh, and they were they were they were so excited with the changes and with the new peace uh, the peace accords with with uh, with the new with with you know with the Sudan yeah sure with, you the know, Sudan which used to headquarter Al Qaeda and Arafat yeah the, who saw this coming yeah. exactly yeah you know, and, and now uh, uh, my cousin uh, my cousin is saying he goes like it's uh, everybody everybody's just waiting for the shoe to drop. They're waiting for, for uh, increased uh, intervention by uh, Hezbollah. Sure. And uh, so, uh, no, it's 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 it's, it's, it's extremely troubling. It's extremely worrisome, and one has to wonder 
You know, when Joe Biden talks about reestablishing alliances, alliances can be good. Alliances can be bad. Alliances with who is the question? With small D Democrats or with uh, large D dictators? That's the worrisome question. It really is. These 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 moments of peace and tranquility are fragile. They're also reversible. I hope they build off what Trump did and not reverse it. I was just thinking about uh, the call Demetrius had with Joe Biden and foreign policy. He's never made a good call on foreign policy ever. Not Iraq, not Iran, not Israel, not Russia, not China. As David Harsani points out, um, reminds us, there there was this quote about bin Laden that we should never forget. Mr. President, my suggestion is don't go. That was Joe Biden to Barack Obama about bin Laden, taking him out. Mr. President, my suggestion is don't go. That's what we're dealing with here. That's what we're dealing with here. That's on the foreign policy. If you missed my uh, monologue, you can always go to YouTube, type in 960 The Patriot in the search term, hit subscribe. It's free, and you can get it. Good writing. It didn't get enough attention. I wanted to give it more on the show. Something Heather McDonald wrote. about Joe Biden's inaugural speech yesterday with all the talk about about, uh, racism in America in the 400 years we have not been able to quell it. The characterization of America's worsening racism is not just factually ungrounded, it is also a tasteless rhetorical move in an inaugural address. Reflexive invocations of this systemic racism and white supremacy have become the Tourette's syndrome of left-wing professors and activists. I love that line, the Tourette's syndrome of left-wing professors and activists. They are occurrent, shallow terms of the moment, lacking depth or weight. In fact, such terms are so overused today that it is easy to tune them out, but that would be a mistake The systemic racism conceit means that every American institution is illegitimate and needs to be reconstructed. I worry not just about American institutions, but also Americans. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. Class dismissed.